Say this with me, will you? <laughs> I am what the Word says I am. I can do what the Word says I can do. I can have what the Word says I can have. Out of the abundance of my Word-filled heart, my Word-filled mouth speaks, arise, and shine. It's the year of the overflow. Not a sick day. Come on. Not a sick day. Not a broke day. Come on now. Uh, every day is an overflow day. Did you get that? Every day is an overflow day. Come on, we have moved from the land of not enough to the land of more than enough. Not a sick day, not a broke day, not a sad day. Woo! You know, you can't be happy and, and, and sad at the same time. You can't be thankful and sad at the same time. Mm-mm, you can do one or the other. So let's go with the other. Let's go with thankful. Let's go with happy. I like it. So I'm going to talk to you tonight, uh, tonight, today, tomorrow, the next day, uh, today, about uh, teamwork part two. But this is called um, Inspire, Equip, Teach, and Deploy. Bam! Inspire, equip, teach, and deploy. Man, did it ever get quiet in here? Oh, glory to God. Maybe this is the right place. I would say so. So um, just as by review on Thursday, um, talking about teamwork, it's a collaborative effort of a group to achieve a common goal or to complete a task in the most effective and efficient way. Teamwork involves people working in a group or team to accomplish a given task. That's what we do here. This church, it's run by teams. If you were at the AGM meeting, you would have heard about all the teams and all the good stuff that's going on. My goodness. You would not know all of the departments and all of the things that go on here outside of here. Right? And, and it's very, very cool. And so um, teamwork is a cooperative effort between team members to achieve, to achieve a, a preset purpose or a direction. Or a direction like baseball or like football or any other team sport, each player has to do a certain thing. And, and everybody here is called to do a certain thing and, and a function or a responsibility. And, and when each one does what they're called to do, um, does it make you feel good? Come on, when a, when a team, football team gets together, especially a defensive line, and they, and they get together and do what they're called to do, and they just sack the quarterback, you see what happens. It's a good feeling. And when we get together and we do what we're called to do, and everybody does what they're called to do, and they stay at their post and do it, and you see things just going, mm, well, the old machine, how does it make you feel? It's like, man, it's good to be in this place. I go here. And if I didn't work here, I think I'd still go here. I would. Oh, yeah. But really, and, and you notice... To, inquire, to inspire, to equip, and to teach and to, to deploy, um, we need each other in order to do that. Right? So let's go to Acts chapter 2. Woo! Verse 1, and it's out of the Passion Translation. Uh, we're going to be going back from, well, not too much Passion today. 
<laughs> we're not using too much passion, bro. But we're going <laughs> to, New Living Test, uh, New Living Translation, we're going to be using too. But in Acts, yes, you like that one? I like it. Yeah. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, um, On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully uh, being fulfilled, all of the disciples were gathered in one place. And, and like I said on Thursday, a disciple is a personal follower of Jesus during his lifetime or a learner. Somebody that's called a learner is a disciple. And that's what we are. We're learners of what's going on in this book. We are learners of what Jesus, who he is, why he came, and what he has uh, set for us to do. Amen. So in John 8.31, uh, this is in the King James, because we do have that. <laughs> it said, those Jews that believed, the Jews that believed on him, if you continue in my word, if, it's a conditional word, so we have a choice. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples or my learners, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But you're only going to be as free as the truth that you know and the truth that you do. You may have a whole lot of head knowledge of, well, I know that, I know that. Huh, I know that too. I know, well, hardy har har. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with what you know? That's the deal, right? And, and so how can, you be how can you be inspired, equipped, teach, and deployed if you, all you're going is through your head knowledge, what you know, and not what you do? Because if you start doing that, you get deployed on what you think you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, ask the sons of Sceva. <laughs> it did not work out good for them. <laughs> Devil said... <laughs> Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Ah, slap that taste. And, and he did. Slap the taste out of them boys. Sent a home running to mama. <laughs> mama. <laughs> it wasn't good. It was not good for them. So, the truth that you know and the truth that you do will make you free. Verse 2, suddenly they heard the, the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all that anyone could bear. Then all at once a pill, pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Woo! Each one had a personal experience. And that's what we should be having is personal experiences over and over and over. It's just not a one-time deal. It says, look, verse 4, they were all filled and equipped. That is the thing. They were filled and equipped with the, with the Holy Spirit. When you get filled with him, expect an equipping to happen for you. It says that they, um, they, uh, they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak in languages that they had never learned. For those guys at that time, it was for languages they'd never learned. But for you, when you get inspired and you get equipped by the Holy Ghost, it's for service for ministry. To do those things in this place that God has called you to do that you might have never done before. That's the thing. Because if you could do it on your own, you would have did it. Right? Yeah. But see, we're called to do the impossible. And you can't do the impossible unless you've been equipped and inspired to do the impossible. I met a guy um, 
years ago at a minister's conference down at uh, Eagle Mountain Church, and his last name is McGee. This guy, I found out that he was a scientist, and he is the guy that was responsible for putting the um, uh, satellites, keeping the satellites in space, keeping them up there. And it was like, wow, so how did you do that? He, and he did it with a slide rule. Uh, some of you old enough to know what a slide rule is? <laughs> Him and his wife would get together, pray, roll on the floor and laugh in the Holy Ghost, and they would get all the coordinates on how to keep a satellite in the air. So there was an equipping that happened. There was an inspiration that happened above and beyond what they could naturally think or do. And so when now that you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and I would say probably 99% of you are here, expect to be equipped and expect to be inspired, right? But then take it a step farther, expect to be deployed. Don't just sit on your knowledge. My goodness, no, 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 no. No, no. Uh-uh. So I looked up dictionary.com for the word equipped. And, and it means to supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. A particular purpose. To furnish or provide with whatever is needed for use for any undertaking. You're called, when Jesus called you to the ministry... When he called you to himself, he equipped you with absolutely everything. But, and he's been trying to inspire you to do some things above and beyond who you are. But we got to get past this. This is why the, the teaching part is, in, is so important. Right? So you're inspired, you're equipped, but you need to be taught so you can be deployed. And have a, a successful deployment. Right? Amen. So um, Webster's 1828 Dictionary says uh, about the word equip. To furnish for service or action by appropriate provisioning, like to equip an army. Could you imagine you joined the army and you had to buy your own gun? And your own bullets? Your own tank? Come on. No, no, no. Equipped. To inspire is to fill someone with the urge or the ability to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. See, creative, because God is a creative God. Just read the book of Genesis. When he started creating stuff. And I mean, that was just like, it was massive. Big. Light be and still being. That's very cool. And even when he, when he parted the Red Sea, the Bible says that he blew his nostrils. He blew his nose. With, with a blast of his nostrils, he parted the Red Sea. He blew his nose. That's how hard it was for him to do that. So how hard would it be for him to pay your bill? Come on. <laughs> how hard would it be for him to, <laughs> come on, to heal your body? A blast of his nostrils is that easy. <laughs> Let's go to 2 Timothy, please. Talking about inspiration. You know this verse, but sometimes it's just good to, um, I could quote it, I could read it, but 
If you get your eyes on it, it's very cool. Dana, do your job. Follow as we follow. Second Timothy, I told you I'd get you back. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration. God inspired. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable. So this scripture is profitable. It means it works. It's profitable for doctrine, teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? So that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, completely, unto all good works, all of it. So with that in mind, knowing that where there's an inspiration, there's an equipping going on, there's a teaching, then there's a deployment. So we need to go to um, the best teacher, the best coach ever. Um, let's go to Luke chapter 9, please. Woo! You know what we're talking about, and you know where we're going. We've we spent a lot of time here in the past. Why? Because it's, rele- it's, re- it's relevant for today. Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 1. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority. See, he, he called them together, so he inspired them. Hey, you guys, come on over. I got something for you. Then he equipped them. It says that he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, to heal the sick. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither sticks nor script, neither bread, neither money, um, neither have two coats uh, and whatsoever, verse four, whatsoever house you enter into, there abide and, and then leave. Verse five, and whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed. It's one thing to be called but then it's another thing to depart. Just don't sit here on your calling. Get out. <laughs> Get out there and do something. Do something with what you're called to do. Amen. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, in the New Living Translation, verse 6, it says, they began their circuit of the villages. I like that. They began their circuit of the villages. Circuit preachers. Ah, come on. And it says they were preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And so that's us. That's us. That's what we should be doing. Preaching the gospel. What's the gospel? Just good news. Don't repoint what everybody else is, all the negative stuff. What for? People hear that all the time. What they don't hear all the time is good news. Let's not repeat what the, what, the, what the bad news is all about. Let's repeat what the good news is all about. And it's like, oh, so you hear bad news. Well, I'm going to trump your bad news with some good news. Come on. I'll see you when I raise you too. Hallelujah. Anybody can, you know, anybody can, can complain. What for? What does complaining do for you? I heard somebody say, why call a wambulance? 
Tim, that was cool. That was very cool. <laughs> so with, with the calling came the equipping, and Jesus did not send them out in teams without the proper tool supplies to get the job done. That's what he did. He inspired them, he equipped them, he taught them, and then he deployed them. Um, let's go to Luke chapter 10, just a couple pages, or probably a page and a half over. Verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed another 70 also, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. Um, I like it in the New Living. It says, the Lord uh, chose uh, 70 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. He's going to send you out first, but he's going, he, his plan was to visit them too. Why? For backup. He's not going to leave you alone. You always have backup. When he sends you, realize that you've got some, you got some big time backup. You got all heaven backing you up. You got all the angels backing you up. You got people in this church praying for you, backing you up. Come on. Verse 17. I like this because they went out, but then they came back. They, came, they went out and, and then they came back. And in verse 17, it says, the 70 returned again with joy. Returned with joy. Why? They had a good report. Stuff was happening. They said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. <laughs> now listen to this. Um, in the Message Bible, um, verses 18 to 21 in Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, I know that. He knew that. Because the, the, he, 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 come on, he's the one that gave him the authority and the power to, to overall devils. So he said, yeah. <laughs> the devils are subject to your name. Yeah, I know that. That's easy. He said, I saw, as a matter of fact, I saw Satan fall. A bolt of lightning out of the sky. Poof! You got to go. <laughs> Come on, can you imagine? There's a devil. I'm going to be like the world. I'm going to be like the most high God. I'm going to, I'm going to, poof! I'm going to see you. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> he said, like a bolt of lightning out of the sky. Verse 19, see what I've given you, safe passage as you walk on snakes. Safe passage. Safe passage as you walk on snakes, scorpions, protection from every assault of the enemy. Every single one. No one can put a hand on, no, come on. When you walk in that kind of authority, no one can put a hand on you. Um, you're going to walk with a tood. You are not going to walk with your head down, your shoulders all slumped over. You're king's kid. Assume the position, please. That's the deal. Get your head up. No one can put a hand on you. Verse 20. All the same, the great triumph is not in your authority over evil. That's easy. That's cheese for him. But in God's authority over you and his presence with you. That's the big deal. It's not what you do for God, but what God does for you. Isn't that good? He is the, that's the, the agenda for rejoicing. Not what you do for God, but what God does for you. And verse 21, at that time, or at that, Jesus rejoiced exuberant in the Holy Spirit. 
I thank you. Thank you. Come on. I was walking around here this morning just thanking God. I couldn't help it. And once you start, you just start thanking him for all, all these things. And it started with the little things. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, God, thank you. You are so, so good. He's so good, he can't help himself. Even when things are looking bad, he's good. So you thank him. You thank him out of your situation. <laughs> so good. And as you're thanking him, you get inspired. Come, why? Because he's, he's equipping you. And he's teaching you to be thankful. Why? So he can deploy you. Mm. Get ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it says that, um, thank you, Father, Master of heaven and earth, that you hid these things from the know-it-alls, <laughs> and it showed them to these, these innocent newcomers. He's showing us some stuff. All the time, he's showing us stuff. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. It pleased him. God's pleased. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 in the New Living Translation, uh, verse 17, it says, God uses it to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. Well, let's back it up. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, what? This word of God to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. Every good work. Doesn't say just a couple things. It said every good work. There's a whole lot of works out there that need to be done good. There's a lot of bad work out there, but we're called to do a good work. In the Passion Translation, verses 16 and 17, we got to go there. It says, God has, listen to this, God has transmitted his very substance into every scripture, for it is God breathed. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take, to, to take the right direction, to lead you deeper into the path of godliness, then you'll be God's servant, fully mature, perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment that God gives you. Perfectly prepared. See, perfectly prepared. Iris, I said it over here so I didn't spit on this. She said... <laughs> I'm telling on you. <laughs> Iris said, yeah, so a lot of times this gets really moist up here. <laughs> because we're perfectly prepared, Iris. Perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Can you imagine? He's going to give you an assignment so you can just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. And I thank you, thank you that I'm perfectly prepared to do it. What are you doing? You're thanking him ahead of time. We're faith people. You thank him ahead of time for what he's about to do. Is what we do. Thank you, Lord. I'm perfect, perfectly prepared to do any assignment you've got, you have laid up for me to do. What a deal. What a God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, please. Woo. I'll say it myself. Woo! 
Hebrews 13. Verse 20. You there? Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work. So realize that he's already made you perfect for every good work. It says in every good work. So it seems like to me, if you're going to be made perfect in every good work, there has to be an action behind it, right? Perfect in that, in that work. Well, if you're not going to do that work, how can you expect to be perfect in that work, right? It says, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well, it's working in you. It's working in you right now. That which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In other words, so be it. New Living Translation in verse 21, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he equip you for everything that you need so that there's nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing wanted, nothing needed. Woo! That's good stuff. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, please. Again, you're being prepared. Philippians, God's electric power company. So I learned it. Philippians chapter 2. You look pretty natural back there with that baby. You know that, right? I'm telling you, I see it. It's awesome. See? You're being deployed. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Let me know when you're there. You're there? All right. Philippians 2, 13. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Who's doing the work? God's working. We show up and let him do what he does. New Living says, for God is working in you. He gives you the desire. He gives you the power to do what pleases him. If he's given you the desire and the power to do, and he's working in you, that's a trifecta. God is working in you, number one. Number two, he's given you the desire. And number three, and the power to do what pleases him. So why struggle? Tap in, right? So if you start saying, Lord, I thank you that you're working in me. I thank you. You give me the desire. I thank you that you give me the power to do what pleases you. And I just thank you for all of that right now in Jesus' name. What's going to happen? You get it. You already got it. So what do you do when you're active? You're stirring it up. You're activating that. And when you hear yourself say that over yourself, you're going to start to believe yourself. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, please. Just back a couple pages. Verse 11. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, or some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. What for? For the perfecting or the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Um. New Living, it says this in verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. 
right? Equip his people, build up the church. When you get equipped, the church gets built. It's very cool. Hallelujah. And then it says the body of Christ. That's, well, that's the church, right? So we're busy um, building up the body. We're busy building up the church, which means we're not going to condemn what the church is doing. The Bible talks about Jesus as the head of the church. So if we start complaining about what the church is doing, who are we complaining about? We ought to watch your mouths because you're complaining about Jesus. He's the head. And if we're supposed to be talking about good news, why are we saying what's negative? Why would you do that? Jesus even talked about Paul when he was persecuting the church. Um, he takes it personal. He takes it personal. So we ought not to be doing that. Let's build up the body of Christ. Let's not rip it down. Let's not rip it apart. Let's not say what everybody else is saying. If we do that, nothing gets done. Then all of a sudden your faith gets so... Your faith gets so involved and so built on the fact that the body of Christ is doing nothing. I don't want to put my faith on that. Who oh, no. knew? Our body of Christ is world changing, re- filled with resurrection power. We're called, we're inspired, we're equipped. We're, we're going out and teaching and deploying people. Amen. We're not ripping this thing down. We're building it up. That's the deal. And let's go back a a page to Ephesians 2, verse 10. Look at this. It says, we are his workmanship. So you ought to be very, very careful how you talk about his workmanship. Right? It says, we are his workmanship created in the anointed Jesus unto good works. Good works. Which God has before uh, ordained that we should walk in them. Let's walk in them. Amen. New Living says, for we are God's masterpiece. I like that. We are his masterpiece. We are his Rembrandt. We are his Van Gogh. So get up and go. (laughs) Man, no, but this is that we are his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. Long ago. He's planned that already. He's got your, he's got your all planned out. We just got to walk it out. Yeah, there's detours. My goodness, I took him on a whole pile of detours. <laughs> and I know I, don't, I brought him into places that he didn't want to go. But he said, I'll never leave you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But he knows how to get you back on track. Even when you go off track, he knows how to bring you. Thank God. He doesn't leave us where he found us. Woo. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, please. Are you there? Verse 7. <clears throat> but thanks be to God. I didn't know we we're going to be singing a bunch of thankful songs today. Yeah, but here we are. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory. Woo! 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren and sistren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I like that. Mm-mm-mm. In the New Living Tran- Translation in verse 58 says, Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for him is ever useless. So be enthusiastic. Just don't go, oh yeah, well, you know, I'm just an usher. You're not just. You're not just. You are. Well, I just vacuum the floors. Well, I just arranged the chairs. Are you kidding? If the floors weren't vacuumed, the chairs weren't arranged? Come on, I worked in food service forever. And uh, one of the most important person in the, food, in, in the food service in the restaurant business is the pot washer and the dishwasher. Because it doesn't matter how good your food is, if it comes out on a dirty plate, for real. Housekeeping. If you had dirty sheets, I don't care what kind of restaurant, what kind of hotel you're at. If that room is dirty when you get there, mm-mm, most important people. Amen. So um, I had this question asked to me. Have you ever asked a question to yourself? What is it that will motivate people to serve? I've been doing this for a long time. And, and that question... Always. What is it that's going to motivate people to want to serve? And because, and, you know, there, there, there are some people that are willing to do absolutely everything. And then there's some people that just won't do nothing. And even if they see the, that there is a need, they'll just sit there. And, there's a need over there. <laughs> McFly <laughs> over here. So I've been, you know, so I ask myself, why? Why does that happen? And so practical questions. And, and really, this could be like a, one of those, um, you could probably come up with some. I, I got one. Um, maybe it's because they don't feel capable. Maybe that's why they don't serve. Maybe they don't feel like they're qualified. This could be interactive. Um, maybe they're too shy. Maybe they have so much guilt they don't want to do anything. What's another one? Maybe they were just waiting to be asked. Some people were just sitting there just waiting. And they, they, you can almost hear them. Oh, I wish they'd ask me to do something, but I don't, I don't feel like I could go up to them. Well, you should just try it. Because they're probably looking at you saying, man, you know what? You would, like, uh, I said it on Thursday, and I'll say it again. Um, I went to Rick Wood, and I said, man, you look good in a tux. And he's been an usher ever since. And that's been, oh, my goodness, how many years now, Rick? 12 years? And all I said is, you look good in a tux. If you approach people like that, um, automatically, like, their, their <clears throat> defenses go down, right? It's another one. Well, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to do it full-time. Well, do it part-time. Do it sometime. Right? If everybody takes a little, 
I remember pastor told us this years and years ago. Uh, many hands on the oar. We all go in the same direction. But keep your hand on the oar. Why? Because we're propelling ahead. We're all doing the same thing. Amen? So um, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, please. And I'm sure you guys are probably, I can hear you now. You're, you're thinking of some reasons yourselves. Why are people, why don't people want to serve? Why don't people want, why, like what is, it, what is it that stops people from wanting to volunteer to help? And sometimes it's just something so small, so insignificant. Maybe they feel insignificant. Well, who's going to want to use me? I felt like that when I first came. Then I just started hanging around. And realize, my goodness, there's all kinds of needs in this church. There's all kinds of stuff. And then as I started to do it, and the inspiration started to come. See, when, once you start in this, expect inspirational things to start to happen. God will start talking to you. And there's a ministry or ministry. Why is, it, why is this place called New Covenant Ministries? Because <laughs> it's Plural. It's not New Covenant ministry, as in one. There are supposed to be ministries deployed from here. You guys are so well taught that you should be deployed all over the place. Because there's a lot of people that would love to hear you and, and love to hear what you have to say. Right? But if you just keep it within yourself, they never hear it. And then they're stuck in their situation. But we're called to inspire, to equip, to teach, and to de be, de be deployed. And think of the fun you have. Come on. The disciples came back and it says returned with joy. They had a good time. Um, when you go on the mission field, you have a good time. You have a great time. I love it. Missions? It is so much fun. We're in the Philippines one time, and uh, <clears throat> we got together with some of the nationals there, me and Pastor Carlo, and we started playing in a park. And within 20 minutes, there was probably about 200 people just sitting there listening to us do our thing. We had an opportunity. Oh, this is so cool. We played, um, they have a, a the Mardi Gras down there. And there was over 100,000 people that were there. And um, somehow Pastor Pete got me and Pastor Carlo on the stage to jam in front of 100,000 people. The stage was twice the length of this. And probably just as maybe a little bit wider. So when I hit the bass drum, it was like, Pfft. right? And there was 100,000 people, and we just started. So Pastor, Pastor Carl goes, hit it. And we just started rocking it out. And, and he, he grabbed his guitar, and he started doing a bunch of stuff with the, with the mic stand. And, and just did, we did our thing, and <laughs> it was so much fun. Then all of a sudden, we were done our set. And... People were like ants because there's three different stages. They followed us to the next stage. There's all these people following us over to this next stage now. Who are these Canadians? Right? And so we went on the next stage, and it was getting dark. And so um, I am like this. 
in front of this stage. And they've got these lights coming up behind me. And I'm playing in shorts and a tank top. Because you're in the Philippines. It's like you wake up in the morning, it's 100 degrees. <laughs> so it's hot. So I'm playing like this. And I'm playing away. And it's, the lights are on. And all of a sudden, this, I don't know what it is to this day. But there is this insect that was that long. It was lime green. And it was fluorescent. And, and, and about that wide, and it dropped on my leg. So I'm playing, going, ah! I'm trying to knock this thing off my leg. Right? But it was so much fun. We had so much fun. Then come to find out, we found out later on in the day that Michael Jackson was scheduled to be on that platform in two weeks. That's why they built it. It was like, what? What? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Like, you can't, you can't fabricate that stuff. <laughs> but that bug, I don't know what that thing was. It freaked me out. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> wow. So have you, heard, uh, have you made it to Hebrews chapter 10? All right, let's go to um, verse 22, please. <laughs> Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast a profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I like this, verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Provoke. Poke. 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 Anybody have a younger sibling? Yeah, we used to provoke them a lot. We were talking about peanut butter yesterday at the uh, men's prayer at 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. And <clears throat> just saying, we are talking about that. And, and uh, Cyril was mentioning the fact that uh, he had peanut butter toast. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I used to, and come on, anybody that was a kid had peanut butter that thick on their sandwich. And we and I get make it a little bit extra thicker. And I get around my cousins, my little ones, and me and my my cousin, my running buddy cousin, would eat all this peanut butter and hold those guys down and just breathe on them. Just breathe. They couldn't get up. Right? <laughs> what are you doing? We're provoking. Not that I'm saying we need to get peanut butter and start provoking one another that way, but hey, whatever it takes, right? Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. It was, there was no love there, but I'll tell you what. It was, sure it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we enjoyed ourselves. Verse 24 in a, a New Living Translation, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love. Think of ways to motivate one another. What's it going to take to motivate you? To do something really cool. To do something above, like above and beyond your natural thinking, right? Passion. Verse 24. Discover creative ways to encourage others. Others. Not just yourself. Because, you know, we're supposed to encourage ourselves anyways. But discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them to, towards acts of compassion. Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Isn't that good? 
Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. And I know this, that if you start asking God, Lord, I thank you, thank you for showing me creative ways. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing me ways to motivate others. And it's usually by watching your example. It's usually by watching your example. (laughs) It's usually by watching your example. If you are an encouragement, if you are a motivator, people are going to want to come around you. People are going to want to hang around you. Why? Because there's something that's on you. There's something that's in you. It's called equipping. It's called inspiration. It's called the Holy Ghost. Come on. Why? Because you're being inspired to equip, to teach, and to deploy. Hallelujah. Hmm. Wow. Time. Um, in Roman, let's go to Romans chapter 12, please. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. Just for lack of time, let's, I'm going to read it to you in the New Living, <clears throat> New Living Translation. Verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I like that. God has given you certain gifts for doing thing, certain things well. Or different gifts for doing certain things well. So, If God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Speak out. There's people that have have been given words that come afterwards and say, I had a word. Well, yeah. Begin to to share that. You know, you may not want to come up here, but go to somebody. Get it out there. So that way you start feeling comfortable, like baby steps, right? And if, you know, somebody that you trust, that you know that is not going to turn around and say, and we don't do that anyways, but they're not going to cut you down. They're not going to, um, no, no, they're going to help you encourage. And it's like, man, I think I got something. And just say, well, so what is it? And then uh, if they tell you what it is and, and it bears witness with you, you say, yes, that was from the Lord. What's going to happen? The next time they get that, they're going to want to step out. Maybe they'll tell two people. Maybe they'll tell three people to the, to, so that their faith gets built up and their confidence gets built up to a point where they come up here and grab a microphone. Equip, inspire, teach, and deploy. If you start doing this a little at a time and just start working with everybody and just say, hey, listen, I see a gift in you. Start one-on-one. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Wow, I know it's deep. (laughs) If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And do it kindly. Be kind. Be sweet. Sweet lips get a whole lot more done. Hallelujah. So I looked up motivate. (laughs) To, to, to stimulate towards action, to drive forward. So uh, synonym, the meaning of the same, right? Check this out. Uh, for motivate, to desire, 
to drive, to encourage, to fire up. I like that one. Fire up. We get around each other just, <laughs> get fired up, energize, be enthusiastic, exhilaration, gusto, intensity. <laughs> wow, it's, it's pretty cool. And here's something I got. Some people may not see them in themselves the gifts that you see in them. See, people may not see the gift that you see in yourself. Or some people do see the gift. You may not see it. And, you know, we, we've, I've noticed this years and years ago, back when we used to have our uh, men's meetings at Malagash, that Jim Houghton would, would shine during those meetings. And then when the meetings are over, he'd go back to the next year. Then he'd step up and he'd shine again. But... And it was like, you saw those gifts in them for that. And it was like, man, that was really cool. But then there's a lot of people that you see them, they'll, they'll, they'll step out, then they step back, then they step out, and, and realize that um, with men's ministry, now Rob has taken over and stepped in. And he's taken it, and he's taken it. And he's taking it. And thank God we'll be doing Malagash again. We need to. It's very fulfilling. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> we ate like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. But, but it was, but my, th what was good about Malagash was that we got together with about five or six other different churches. And we had a chance to catch up with everybody. Camaraderie. And that's what we do on Saturday mornings with prayer. There's a camaraderie that's going on that, you know, right now, uh, everything starts as a seed, and it grows. But that seed, that, 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 that foundation is very solid because it's the same people, and they're very solid with one another, and there's a trust that's happening there. Amen? So um, your calling and your mission is to help bring out or help develop the gifts that you see in people. That's your job. If you see a gift in somebody, just say, man, you know what? I see you. You are here all the, you are like faithful, like, I'll get out. My goodness. Every time you're, the doors are open, you're here. And I see that, and I notice that faithfulness in you, and it's a gift. Because if it wasn't a gift, then everybody would be here doing it. <laughs> right? And uh, motivation is an inside job. And when you know how dearly God loves you, and how he's given you the Holy Spirit to fill your heart with his love, well, that should really want to motivate you to inspire, to, to, to start to give to others outside of ourselves. Amen? So you can hear the go ye. Go ye. Enthusiasm. To be enthusiastic. I like that. To be inspired. We've heard that word before. Uh, absorbing or controlling possession of the mind by any interest or lively pursuit. Or lively interest as well. Um, the strong encyclopedia talks about, um, listen to this, uh, enthusiasm. It signifies divine inspiration, the heroism of a warrior, the, devoted, the devotedness of the martyr, and the passion of the patriot. And they're talking about William Wallace. And you think about when you, if, if you watched Braveheart and you saw the passion that guy had, 
and realized that it was a true story? What? Ralph Waldo Emerson said, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Nothing. You got to be enthusiastic. Why? Because when things aren't looking as good as they should, you got to stir yourself up. And as you stir yourself up, the other people get stirred up. Amen? Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. Two more verses. Can you handle a couple more? Okay. Luke 16, verse 12, please. Talk about being faithful. It says, if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? The message says, if you're not honest in small jobs, who will put you in charge of the store? So three things here. Um, being faithful in the little things. Treat your assignment as though it was your ultimate calling and it was the most important thing you could ever do for God. Because right now it is. Number two, be that person. If you were the pastor here, what kind of person would you want working for you? I know, Selah, right? If you were the pastor here, what kind of person would you want working for you? Well, I know you have a list of high expectations, and so do I. So we need to be that person. Do your work as unto the Lord. This is number three. God wants us to have an attitude of commitment and excellence toward all of our work and what kind of value you place on your current, what kind of value do you place on your current work for the Lord? Well, I'll show up if I feel like it. I know the people in my department are dependent on me, but I'm just not feeling it today. Then you have this little inspirational thought. Do you think you should call them? Nah. They can get along without me. Really? Hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King talked about the spirit of excellence this way. He said, as if a man called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that the, all of the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. That's us. Spirit of excellence. This is what we have here. You look at this platform. There's a spirit of excellence on this platform. Nothing raggedy. Right? And if, there's, if anything gets broke, we fix it right away. We just don't leave it hanging. Right? Um, this, this building, come on, you want to talk about spirit of excellence. When we walked in here, it wasn't an excellent place. Now, to close, number 16, uh, verses 24 to 26. I've been, I, it's one of those ones that it just, you kind of groove on this, right? And, and it's so good. Um, new living. It says, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord smile on you. Be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor, favor and give you his peace. The message, may God bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face. 
May God look you full in the face and may you prosper. Come on, he's going to look you right in the face and say, listen, listen to me. Be blessed, be prosperous. Let the favor of God be on you and in you right now. God is looking at you full full up in your face. Just let him. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.